Here, ladies and gentlemen, today we are going to discuss the big lies in K-12. Now, by way of background, let me just mention that one of the most intriguing aspects of the Hitler era is the phenomenon called the big lie. People might wonder how the Nazis could get away with this technique. Why didn't the Germans know they were being lied to? People today think, well, that can't happen now because we have a free press. But suppose this so-called free press does not want to be free. Period. That is precisely the problem. Our media is totally useless for its intended purpose because it in fact wants to be partisan and ideological. Now the paradigm or the, the best example, the, the thing that's right there in front of everybody, is the big lie that has been around for decades, is the one that's behind the reading wars. There's no doubt in my mind that for 75 years our educators told a really big lie when they claimed that phonics doesn't work and that sight reading or hold word is the only way to go. So-called experts kept making these claims even as literacy drastically declined in the U.S. Rudolf Flesch wrote a bestseller explaining all this in 1955. Long time ago, still our educators keep the big lie afloat. Proven to you that this is common in history and it's not something that uh, we could assume doesn't happen. Um, during much of that time, and the, the Russians had their own big lie. It was called Lysenko S. Genetics. Lysenko said that Mendel was wrong and that you can alter an animal for a few generations or a plant and from that point on the descendants would be forever changed. Now, for political and ideological reasons, Stalin wanted Lysenko to be right, as the USR then claimed to be creating the new Soviet man. So the idea that the society could raise children a certain way, and then from that point forward, the children would stay the way you wanted them. Now, this is nonsense, but Stalin wanted this, and so the entire government was set up to enforce this. All right, now let's look at a list. I'm going to do these very quickly uh, because there's so many of them, and I think um, you can look them up separately on the Internet with my name or just see what Wikipedia has to say or anything else. One of the first things that scans the last 75 years is the tirade or the vendetta against memorization. Now, this is just stupid. No dates, no names, no places no big events, the simplest things. The education establishment in this country does not want children to memorize anything. And so what they do is, well, first of all, they don't require it. They don't test for it. And they make fun of it whenever the subject comes up. Oh, we don't need to bother with that. Oh, we know our children don't need to know that. And so what you have is literally not tens of millions. It must be a 100 million by now, people who know basically nothing. There are many, many, many videos, and but uh, I think uh, by way of background, you should know the name. My world is getting dumber. My world, yeah, I think that's right. My world is getting dumber. It's video which consists of 500 other videos where people ask simple questions and nobody knows the answer. But think how quickly you can sabotage the whole school system. Even though everything else keeps going the way it was, if children don't memorize anything at the end of the year, it's as if the children never went to school. Okay, cooperative learning. They started pushing this back in, I don't know, the 1950s perhaps. 
children no longer were expected to be independent thinking creatures. No, they were intended to be members of little groups and they would sit around a table and everything in education was a team project. Now, I think some team work and cooperative projects are good. It's variety and, you know, you see how other people think. But it's gotten so bad that when children reach college or they get out of college, they're used to having somebody on their left and on their right and they can look, well, what do you think about this and what do you think about that? And they don't know how to proceed independently. It cr destroys independent thinking. But what the socialists want is to destroy the very notion of independent personality. They want everybody to be a part of the big group. And so it probably fosters socialism and so on. But in the meantime, we are destroying education through this simple method. Children cannot pursue a project by themselves. Now this ties in very well with constructivism, which says that teachers can't teach. You have to do your own research. You have to figure it out for yourself. You have to reinvent the wheel. The simplest things, you have to thought over. One teacher left a really great comment on, on, on one of my articles which said that um, every time he started a lecture on any subject, he had to start from scratch. He could not assume that anybody knew somebody from Pennsylvania was from America, or, uh, or that if somebody crossed the ocean to get here, it was the Atlantic Ocean they're talking about. You see what I mean? This basic kind of stuff, and no memorization, and everybody has to cooperate, the children are not encouraged to go and learn anything or to retain anything. The group will carry them through. See, so that's fatal. One of the things, uh, this is another item, it's called spiraling. The uh, Common Core 15 years ago started bringing this in, that you would teach, oh, and I think reform math before that, that's back in the 1980s. You would teach something, say, a multiplication, how to do multiplication. But you wouldn't finish the multiplication. You would not teach to mastery, which was John Saxon's formula. You stay on something for a week or a month or whatever it takes until all the children can do it, and then you move forward. Reform Mass said, no, after three, four, five days, just go to something else. And they call this spiraling. Now, spiraling in a common sense sense of moving from one topic to another is good. But if you use it in the specific sense of abrupt changes, then it's one of the worst things you could do. The children are confused. They never know what you're talking about. And nothing goes forward. Spiraling. Part of um, the war against memory, but also the war against culture, the war against everything. These, these so-called educators say, oh, well, we don't need to teach grammar. We don't need to teach spelling. We don't need to teach rules. We don't need to teach anything that will actually let you... Um, master something. I can remember reading about this a long time ago when I was a, a kid. It was an article, I think it was in Time, and two professors, it was very specifically said, two professors said that don't bother with that stuff. And the theory was that children would absorb the right way to do things through the air. A little bit the way we learn to speak English. Our brain is really extraordinary when you're one year old. You can learn to speak English with uh, gra grammatical accuracy, and uh, it's, it's a remarkable achievement. I mean, because everyone knows how difficult it is to learn th the same material uh, when you're 15 or 20 or whatever. But anyway, the whole idea was these professors are saying, don't bother teaching this stuff. And really, the, the grounds for that is very weak. What? 
you're going to intimidate them or freeze them if you teach them to, to say uh, how to spell. Like that's why nobody can spell the difference between its and its and your and your and your. There's three of those and there and there and there. Okay, let's keep going. Um, these things flow into each other. But there was a uh, I have a. Uh, article I found from 1928 with the professor. This was a textbook for future teachers. And he specifically said, don't waste time teaching geography, history, language, blah, 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 multiplication tables. Everything just went. 1928. These guys had already knew where they were going, which is toward ignorance. Another thing is learning styles, which is not so much wasting the, the student's time, it's wasting the teacher's time. There are many teachers who will interview and analyze their children and try to figure out what their learning style is. And basically this is a myth. We all have multiple learning styles. Is there anybody out there who we've shown a picture and then a verbal explanation? That's probably the best thing. That's a, that's when you, you know, you're watching somebody slide from a trip. Well, here's where we were in Greece and blah, blah, blah. And you're looking at a picture of, of a temple and it's you're told that it's in Athens and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, you're getting it from several things, several directions. That's the way we all learn. In fact, if, if somebody was really good at music, does the whole school system have to be rewritten for this kid? Who else is going to accommodate the kid? It's absolutely stupid. In fact, if somebody had a predominant learning mode, it would be better to stay away from it because the rest of the world, the rest of their lives is not going to pander and accommodate. Now going back to memory, the idea of reciting poems or learning, um, reciting anything, that's gone. So children do not have a poem that they can rattle off. And everybody should have poems. Years ago I read that uh, first graders in France had to learn a new poem every week. Now just think about that. And these poems don't have to be long. Your little short poems are better. Four lines, six lines, whatever. Because you learn the cadence of the language, you learn grammar, you learn all kinds of things. And it's in your brain. And then you can't get rid of it. Now, if a teacher would just read the poem two or three times and then say, okay, kids, follow along with me and make them say it out loud, after 10 or 15 minutes, the kid is going to know, most of the kids will know that poem. So it's easy to do. Now, let's go to this CRT thing because it's an example. It's not so much that they make you memorize a communist uh, propaganda version of history is that they kill the time for everything else. You see how it works? The lie is that you're going to learn something important. No, you're going to learn a bunch of propaganda that the Russians or the commies want you to believe because it will weaken the country. That's what CRT is intended to do. But the interesting thing, the way all these other things, like, oh, why don't we teach the stock market? Why don't we teach uh, health? Why don't we teach uh, how to be a good parent? You could teach all these things, but you don't need very much when you're talking about a 15-year-old kid. But, but the, the teachers, the people in the education establishment devoted to weakening our school system, they want to keep you distracted all the time. They want to keep you busy doing other things rather than reading, writing, arithmetic, and so on. So I think I've rattled off eight basic lies, and there's more. You know, if, if I wanted to do an exhaustive list, I think you could get up to, you could say it starts in the morning, and it, afternoon when the kids leave, that's when the lying stops. And the next day it picks up again. You cannot misunderstand this. I mean, it is absolutely insane. The school system is picked at and picked at and picked at and picked at.
It's like you had a centipede, and every day you tore off one of its legs. Well, finally, it would be a, fun, a funny-looking uh, one-legged and then no-legged insect squirming around on the floor. Well, that's what our school system is like, because they don't do it all at once. They do it slowly. And all of this stuff got going in the 1920s and has been going continuously. And every five years, there's some new innovation in each, within each industry, within each subject, I should say. And then having said, oh, you don't need this, you don't need that, then they'll come back from a different direction and say it used to, you used to say you needed a little. No, we were wrong. You don't need any of that. Just, just forget that. The best thing is to know that all of this stuff is coming from the same tainted source. These are corrupt ideologues trying to weaken the country and the simplest way to do that is to make every kid a dope. Sorry, but that's what they're doing to your children. Now, if you care about it, conduct an education on a parallel track, give them uh, interesting books. The bookstores are full of wonderful books with lots of pictures. And you can learn any subject that way. And, and the, the videos on the internet are now filling up where you can get the history of France in 18 minutes or something. I think. Because you don't need to know three years of Italian history. Who knows needs that? 20 minutes? That might be a very good investment. Just to say, well, this is the way it happened in Italy. This is this country down here in the Mediterranean. And then you, you learn a lot of stuff all at once. That's the way it should be done. So don't accept the verdicts of any of these people, these impossible people, call themselves liberals, but they're really, uh, they call themselves progressives. They're anti-liberal and they're degressive and regressive. They're making the children's dumb and they basically do it by telling a big lie that children don't need this and they don't need that and they don't need this and finally there's nothing left. Okay, thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education, but the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff, and that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four, the big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, comma, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lenin's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of subeducated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. 
Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site, improve-education.org, with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.